Suicide is a tough topic, but the Washington County Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition wants you to know that there is always hope. We are a caring community reaching out to provide compassion and hope for a community free of suicide. In the next half hour, we'll talk with community partners to identify risk factors, raise awareness, and discuss prevention strategies. Hello, and thanks for joining us on another edition of Reach for Hope. I'm Melissa Anderson. You know, they've been around since 2004, and were started right here in Utah by Gregory Hudnall. We're talking about hope squads, and we have several of them right here in our St. George schools. With us today are two members of the Hope Squad from Snow Canyon High School. Welcome to Brian Amistron and Faye Dutson, and thanks for agreeing to come talk to us today. For sure. We're so excited. Yeah. Now, uh, first of all, I'm just going to ask you, Brian, tell us more about Hope Squad for people out there that don't know about it and what you guys do. So Hope Squad is this group of like-minded individuals who um, we put ourselves first to help out anyone who's in mental health crisis need. Um, And we're just these bridge, uh, bridge builders to the help that these individuals need. Right. So typically, how many students or kids are involved in this? So uh, at Snow Canyon, currently we have, I would say, 10 to 15 active members right now. And so that's kind of like the the typical um, Hope Squad. That's great. And and Faye, how are these Hope Squad members then chosen to become a part of this group that helps other people? Mm -hmm. So the most common process that schools typically go for is a nomination process where all of the students will be given some sort of form where it says like, who would you reach out to if you were in crisis or you needed help? And then they take some of the most common names and they bring them and they say, would you like to be a part of the host squad and help help and help help people? And they say, yes, I would love to. Or they say, no, that's not something I would be interested in. But something that some other schools tend to reach for, like ours, is we do a hey, I want to be in Hope Squad because I care about this type of process where people come to us and we meet with them and we analyze if they're passionate, if they want to help people, if they're willing to give that help. And so our Hope Squad is composed of people who are 100% willing to be there. It's pretty cool. Right. And you guys even have matching shirts. This is really cool. (laughs) Yes. So you really do feel like you're a part of something then. Yeah. Brian, what do you do then uh, so that other kids know that you're out there? Right. So at our school, uh, we actually have a social media presence that's pretty active most of uh, the year. some of the pictures right there. Um, so we do have that um, media outreach and then we do make sure that when there's something going on with like Hope Week or Wish Week, we do make that like video announcement with the school so that they know who's in their Hope Squad that year, as well as just kind of putting like positive messages with our logo on it so that they know we're there to help. So you kind of walk the hallways and go, Hope Squad, we're here, right? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Cheer them on. Faye, what kind of training then do Hope Squad members receive? Um, some of the most significant significant training that we do is at the beginning of the year, we do a full day training where we go to an area and all of the Hope Squads from the region meet and we discuss suicide and we discuss how we are able to help people in crisis and we get the training that we need that if someone reaches out to us, that we're able to communicate them with them sensitively, respectively, and like Brian said, be the bridge to the help that they need. One of our main ones is QPR training, which is question, persuade, and refer. Basically just the process of, are you feeling suicidal? Um, And then here, I'm going to help you, like help talk you out of it, help validate your experiences, and then refer them to a professional or someone in their community or an adult in their life that can help them reach better help. Have you done that and how successful has it been? 
um, referring someone? Yes. Uh, yes. So most often it will be probably someone that you know or have heard of reaching out to you and saying, I'm so lost, I need help, but I don't know what to do. And you say, okay, like what's going on in your life? And they say, oh, something happened. I got a bad grade. I broke up with somebody and I feel like my world is incomplete without them. And you say, okay, I'm so sorry that happened to you, but there's going to be better times later in life. You're going to experience a life that's going to flourish and it's going to be full of love. And you're reaching towards that. It might not be now, but it's in your future. And then through the resources that we have, like school counselors, trusted adults in their life, the Reach for Hope app, um, you can go in and refer them to school counselors or they can. you can go with them to the counselor at the school and be there with them, be their rock while they get the help that they need so that they can take their next step toward mental wellness. And it sounds like it's a really positive step to to encourage them to go get this help or, or even hold them by the hand to do that. Yes, of course. If you let anything slip, if you say, okay, I'll leave you alone. If you say, okay, I'll back off. There are so much gray room for bad things that can happen, for bad things to happen to them where they may hurt themselves or anything. You just want to make sure that you're there with them every step of the process until they've reached that help. Wow, that's great. Now, Brian, I know there are several schools that have Hope Squads here in Washington County. Why do you think Hope Squad is so important for your school? Well, I think that just in general, not even just for Snow Canyon, we as youth are the eyes and ears of the school. Um, youth know youth better than anyone else, uh, even teachers or parents sometimes. And so having groups like these that are youth-led um, is super important because, as I said, we know each other very well. And so uh, studies show that youth are more and more likely to just come up to a friend and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Like, how can I get help or how can I get over this? And so with having a group that's trained in how to get that help or how to build this bridge to the help, uh, just makes the process a lot more smooth. And so even if it's uh, just like a very small thing that they're just going through or a really big crisis, th there's this group that's just there prepared for everything. What types of crises are we talking about? She kind of mentioned a little bit about breaking up with a boyfriend or, you know, maybe maybe getting bad grades at school. I don't know. Um, mm. uh, it's been a long time since I've been in school, so <laughs> mm -hmm. I really don't know. I can't connect with that. So explain to me what might be some problems. So kind of like what Faye said, um, they're very like just normal life things that go go on, and there are some really intense crisis like the real thought of suicide. And so we have to kind of be prepared to say, hey, we're here for you, and just kind of like you said, like hold their hand through this process of um, let's get you to help. And there is that very big misconception with Hope Squad where people think that we are the help when in reality we are that bridge to the help. So although we are trained in how to de-escalate that crisis of, you know, there are thoughts of suicide or there is an attempt of suicide, we can't, you know, like give therapy or all these other things that may help them later yeah. on. And I know there's wellness uh, centers in a lot of the schools or yes. school counselors that can come and, and help as well. And mm -hmm. that, and maybe just even pushing them down the hall and going, Hey, why don't you go in there and, and play in the sand for a while or whatever. I know they have the little sand things and squeezy things and uh, yes. anything to, to relieve that stress, because I know it's got to be stressful, especially with our social media that's out there today, Facebook and all these, you know, comments that can be made rudely behind your back and <clears throat> And, and just uh, kind of bullying. Faye, I understand now that there are over 1,200 Hope Squads nationwide. So this is really blown up 
coming from Utah. Uh, how successful do you think these are in, in coming out with that positivity and that network of support to help lift people up? Mm -hmm. Well, that's what we're trained for. And that's what we're selected for. We are the positive people. I know all of the people in my Hope Squad are the people that I look forward to seeing every day because they're just positive forces to be around. And it's really important to choose those people for Hope Squads, especially when you're building them for the first time. Because if you're a student in school, you know exactly who you would go to or who you would want comforting you because you see these people every day. So basically creating a positive aura around your school is something that Hope Squads do just really without trying. Right. And it's, and I know what you're saying. It's better to be around somebody that's happy and smiling and fun than, oh boy, we're going to have another bad day. Right. It's raining yeah. outside or whatever, you know. And we wouldn't put that person on Hope Squad <laughs> because imagine being in crisis and reaching out to someone like that and the outcome would just be bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, and I think uh, there's, there's also something really nice about knowing that if there's a Hope Squad in your school, there is that like, you already know kind of what to expect from that group, regardless of where it's at in, in the nation. And so it's kind of like, if you see that positive uh, influence in your school and then you move away to another school and there is a Hope Squad, then you're kind of like getting that safety net. Um, that's a in great a description, a safety net. I never even thought of it that way before, but that's really a great description of that. Brian, some people think that a Hope Squad then member might be um, a burden. Um, what do you say to that? Well, as any other group, it is work. There are things that you have to do to get to where even where we're at right now. But like I said before, we aren't that help that people need. We're, like I said, the safety net and that bridge building um, team to the help and so um it's not as much of a burden but rather more of a like a service that we're really willing and happy to provide to our community and like your logo said to persuade and empower mm -hmm. and that's 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 got to be good do you have like little lines that you can say to people to help persuade them or empower them or uh, you know help them through the day yeah, that's one of the things that we're trained for is learning how to speak in a way that it's not like accusatory or derogatory mm -hmm. to someone who might be feeling those feelings. It's like your experiences are valid. You're no less of a person for feeling upset. We all feel upset, but we want you to be in a better state in life. We want you to be happier and know that you're going to live a happier life later on. Yeah. How about you? What do you think? Well, I think that I I take kind of a different approach to every situation. And so it, for me, it just depends on what people c like come to me with. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, I mean, for everyone who's in Hope Squad. But yeah, just kind of trying to be that positive, neutral response, not overly positive, but also not like, you know, disregarding what they're going through. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, Faye, does Hope Squad then help open up those conversations when we're talking about mental health and how do you do that well mental health conversations are kind of hard right now but uh we are all about opening up conversations about it because the more you talk about it the more you're able to understand about it and youth right now especially with mental health and youth we don't know much about it because the reason we exist is because youth have a hard time reaching out for help so all in all yeah <laughs> it's kind of tough then yeah, yeah. But, but it's an issue that's, that even adults have a problem talking about is, Oh yeah, know, for sure. Yeah. You know, if you break your leg, you go to the doctor, obviously you're going to mm -hmm. go to the hospital and get a cast on it, but mm -hmm. mental health, you just kind of go, Oh, okay. Well, I'll be better tomorrow. Right. But if it persists after a certain amount of time, 
there's an issue there. And if you start seeing someone maybe isolating themselves or, or going and hiding in their room, or um, I'm sure there's other uh, signs and symptoms of that. Um, how do we get that depression to go away and reach out and say, now it's time to reach out for help? Do you want to? Okay. So personally, I think that um, sometimes it's just kind of having that like presence of, you know, positivity there, but sometimes they do need uh, a little bit of a push of saying like, Hey, like, let's go out to brunch or let's go out to eat or let's go out to a park and just read or just whatever they feel comfortable in, but mm -hmm. just making sure they get a little bit out of that comfort zone so they can kind of start thinking in different ways. If that makes sense, obviously that's not going to solve everything, right. but I think that it's always something that's going to be a little bit positive in their lives. Mm -hmm. I think inclusion is mm -hmm. something that we all need to work on harder, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? For sure. Yeah. Um, like you said, there are warning signs and there are like certain things that you can notice in people. Like even in one of um, our meetings, like when people have like deaths in their family, we're like, okay, so we're going to all make sure that we're talking to this person that we're approaching them that we're making sure that they're comfortable because like you said when people start to isolate mm -hmm. um, when people start to give their things away when people start to not care so much about things that used to be important to them uh, we want to make sure that we're focusing in on those people because they're obviously going through something and we want to be the bridge to the help but they might not know how to get it yeah yeah well i'm so thankful that you guys are out there <laughs> uh, so when we're talking about this obviously uh, there's a stigma Mm -hmm. And we need to break that. How do we do that? What do you think we should do to combat that, Brian? So I think that like the stigma itself is kind of an interesting topic to talk about. And it's really hard for a lot of people to talk about. Um, like on the parent side of things, sometimes it's really hard for parents to understand mental health as well as they're just afraid of what comes with, you know, uh, just kind of admitting that there's something going on. And then on the other side of that with youth, they, a lot of the times, and I can say that for myself as well. Like we don't want to be associated with certain things or uh, because of what might like our peers say or anything like that. So sometimes all of those things that come along with the mental health uh, like label, if that makes sense, um, can be really frightening for people. And so I think that even with our generation, we talk a lot about normalizing things, but mm -hmm. there isn't a lot going on when it comes to actual normalizing it. And so I think that working on saying like, hey, there's different sides to a specific mental health illness, um, not just what this stereotype says, mm -hmm. um, is really helpful to just kind of like expanding what we know about um, mental health and, and kind of how to differentiate from what's really happening and what you see kind of like on TV or social media, because sometimes they have um, just one uh, stereotype of how depression might look or how anxiety might look and it can be different for everyone and so just kind of you know showing different examples of how things can go about I think would be really helpful yeah there's a lot of fake news out there too so you got to be careful what you're watching and <laughs> yeah. listening to and uh, even people like normalizing the idea of mental health almost like have you ever been in a situation where someone's like oh my gosh, like this just happened. I'm depressed. Like, and then, so if you are actually experiencing symptoms of depression, it's almost invalidating because you don't want to seem like the person who's invalidating everyone else's experience. Mm -hmm. Right. So don't make light of it. It's yeah. a serious issue. Exactly. Uh, so Faye, you mentioned earlier some resources. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us about a, a little bit more about those and our, uh, how often are people asking for those? Does it, and do they work? Uh, yes, yeah, some of the resources that we have, I love them. So 
if you go to a Washington County District School, you can go to your counselor's office, and if you make that reach for help, you can get five free counseling sessions with a therapist that you get to choose through um, South Southwest Behavioral Health. Um, uh, reachforhopeutah.org. You can find tons of resources for how to reach help. Like you said, every school has a wellness center that you can go to. If you're in crisis or you're feeling overwhelmed, you can get excused for a period, fill out a little form and take some time to de-stress, calm down, collect yourself and get back to class if you feel like it or go home. Yeah. And the, and the Utah, the Safe UT app uh, yes, is the another Safe UT one. App. And some people like that and some people don't. Um, how, how, how often would someone use that or would they use it? I mean, is it usable? I mean, I think yes. it is definitely usable. I think that obviously it's not, like you said, it's not going to work for everyone, but it's good to know that there are those resources available and just kind of saying like, Hey, here's a way that you can like, you know, reach out for help if you don't want to necessarily like talk to someone on the hope squad or like mm -hmm. a counselor. Um, and so for those types of people, it might help for others. It might not, but just kind of having that awareness of, Hey, there's this app and teaching people how to use it rather than just saying like, here's the save Utah app and that's it. Like it, it'd be a little bit easier for people to understand it. I think if we got like a little bit of a, a course on how to use it, but it's definitely a good a gr amazing resource yeah i use it every time i know someone who's in crisis because oh. it's as easy as you're the tattletale <laughs> okay <but laughs> i'm just kidding i'm on hope squad because uh, i'm willing to be the tattletale exactly. it's like i would rather have someone be mad at me maybe if the situation wasn't as serious as i have anticipated mm -hmm. than someone hurt themselves or maybe be dead by the time i wake up tomorrow morning right. so every time someone reach out, reaches out to me and is in crisis i hop on my safe ut app you can put in your school you can just basically put an anonymous message saying i know this person is going through a hard time i know they could use the resources that our school or area has here's the information like the professionals can do what they want yeah with it. i think yeah. it's great plus you wouldn't have that guilt if something did happen you've mm -hmm. tried and you've reached out Back in my day, that's what they used to call it was a tattletale. Anytime mm -hmm. you said something to any teachers about someone else, you were in trouble. Mm -hmm. So things have really progressed yes. since back in the day. I think that's so awesome. I mean, I really think there's a lot of resources out mm -hmm. there as long as we reach out, you're reaching out, everybody's reaching out and, and, and the kids need to reach out too. Brian, have you reached out to help anybody in, since you've been on Hope Squad? Have yeah, you have any examples or ideas? Of I, I do have some instances where I've had like the opportunity to, to help them out. Nothing too serious. Thank God I've never had uh, someone like attempt suicide and you know, I've had to de-escalate that situation, but I've had people who are struggling me uh, with mental health and uh, specifically depression and they're struggling with that just getting through the day and so um what I, I usually tend to do is kind of like analyze the situation first and see how serious i i can assess it is and then go from there um but there are some instances where i've had to talk to my advisors on hope squad or the counselors to see how would this uh, how would we go about this without making it worse because sometimes uh you know, just saying something isn't uh, the best thing for the person. It's sometimes it is about safety or something, you know, um, else that may be going on. And so it's not always just about reporting, but rather thinking about how that also would affect the person. Um, and so I've had that that struggle sometimes where it's uh, should I just out like say it or should I try to help with the help of my advisors, but kind of on the not down low but a little bit of a 
calmer side of things rather than just going out and saying like, hey, you need to go see a therapist or hey, you need to go do this. Um, because I feel like sometimes we can just kind of jump to conclusions and make things a little bit worse. And so that's kind of what my take on on how to help. Yeah. And it's really tough to put yourself into someone else's shoes. You can say, oh, I know how you feel. Yep. I've been there before. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. Cause you're not in their body. You're not in their brain exactly. and you really don't know how they feel. You can say, I empathize with you. I sympathize with you. I am here for you. Exactly. But the minute you say, I know how you feel, <laughs> um, that could go the other direction and it could really make them mad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Faye, tell us about any instances that you might've, uh, you know, is there anything you'd say about that? Um, so as for referring people, I've had quite a few incidences where people have reached out to me and said, basically, I'm in crisis. I need help and I don't know where to get it. I don't know who to go to. And I'm so grateful in a way that people are willing to reach out instead of sit and feel helpless because that's the opposite of what we want as Hope Squad. So mm-hmm. basically, like the process I spoke of earlier, question, persuade, refer, um, And like Brian said, sometimes it is a little bit hard mentally to be like, should I report this? Because there are instances where students may be in the closet or there's something where they feel like if they get reported, they're like, oh, no, this says something like about me that I don't want to get out. But like I said earlier, I would rather have someone be mad at me than have someone be dead because life will always get better. That's right. And I agree with Faye completely and wholeheartedly with that. Like um, it's it's always better to have someone be mad at you. Um, but like we keep talking about, there is that like safety factor sometimes to this very specific situations, like how Faye mentioned, like someone coming out or, um, other topics that in our area are not necessarily the most, you know, talked about or safe things to talk about. And so it is that kind of like ethical and moral battle with with some of the things but it's never yeah acceptance and it's never a burden i wouldn't say but it's always kind of like really really have to think about it yep you just have to take a deep breath and say i'm going to help this person Mm -hmm. i'm going to help them get the help they need because if i turn a blind eye now if i put my phone away and say okay we'll talk about it later something might happen and i not that I don't want that to be on my conscience, which yeah. it might be, but yeah. I don't want something bad to happen to them that I could have prevented. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's the key. Suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. Uh, after the fact. Um, Brian, then what kind of advice then would you give out to uh, your young uh, peers out there that might be struggling or, or maybe considering joining Hope Squad to be positive? Well, I mean, joining Hope Squad for sure. Go to your Hope Squad members and advisors yes. and join right away. Um, and for those of, uh, uh, not for those of us, but those <laughs> who are struggling, I would say just take a deep breath and see what's best for you. Cause again, it might not work out for everyone. Like some resources might not work out for you, but just make sure to reach out to someone who you trust or reach out to a trusted adult or hope squad. Um, just, just be aware of the resources and asking is always super important when you know, learning about the resources. And so, and just like understand that what your situation, whatever it may be, it's gonna be okay. And there's nothing that it's like, it's never your fault that you're going through it. And so just take a deep breath and, you know, try to find those resources available to you and, you know, just do your best. There are mm-hmm. a lot of tools out there and deep breaths work, but, yeah. and, and tomorrow's another day, right? Exactly. We need to really think about the future and, the many people that you impact when, when you're, you know, struggling. Mm -hmm. Um, but oftentimes that's blinded by 
by whatever the problem might be. Faye, any final thoughts on, on this topic and um, how we can work better in our community to bridge that gap? Yes. Uh, the one thing I would love to emphasize is if you are having even just a bad day, if you're in crisis and you know you need help but you don't know where to get it and you're seeing this, Talk to your Hope Squad members if there's no one else. We are trained. We are ready. We are passionate about helping you. And we want to find you help and mm -hmm. help you get better. It's our job. Um, and as for community, just all around, spread kindness. If the one thing that you say can impact 100 people by the end of the day, whenever you're thinking about what you're going to do, what you're going to say, just always go with the one that's going to spread the message of positivity. It's so easy to just say, be kind, but mm -hmm. it's the actions of the people in your community that create like an aura of kindness around your school or the stigma of your town, all that it's affected by us as individuals and as a community. Right. Yeah. Well, I'd like to just thank you both for your efforts here in Hope Squad. I think it's awesome what you do for sharing your knowledge, your experience in, in, in the past and stuff and talking about suicide prevention, because more we get the word out, the better it's going to be for all of us all around. Totally. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully there will be some people that follow in your footsteps and uh, and be on that Hope Squad and and be able to reach out and uh, help people. How do they do that? Do they go to the school? But anyway, that's what they need to do. And again, um, there's a lot of Hope Squads out there in the schools. If you uh, have a problem or you need to reach out, reach for HopeUtah.org. Thanks for joining us and have a safe day. The Reach for Hope Coalition wants you to know that we care about you and we are here to help. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, reach out. You're not alone. To access resources for yourself or others, visit our webpage at reachforhopeutah.org. That's reach, the number four, hopeutah.org. If you are experiencing a crisis, please call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK because you matter and there is always hope. This has been a production from a podcast studio.